um, got hit in the head and my head hit the glass. And I just knew like when my vision went blue, green, like burgundy, everything was like way off. Life doesn't always turn out the way we want it to. Millions of people get seriously injured or ill every year, putting their lives on halt. This may cause some of you to lose your jobs, your health, and more importantly, your sense of purpose. I believe that no matter how hopeless and helpless you might feel right now, God still has a purpose for you. This show was created to help you find that purpose, to inspire you to not give up, and to find ways to find fulfillment and make your life meaningful. It does not matter how dim your past or present looks like, as long as you are breathing, you can always find a way to say, my future is alive. Thank you so much for joining me. My name is Christine Waters, and I hope you enjoy this show. Fall is finally here, everyone, in upstate New York, and most of the leaves have turned, are starting to fall. Unfortunately, we still don't have a sign of the pandemic leaving us. In fact, I got sick myself with the COVID-19. However, the Lord is still good. He's helped me through that. I hope in this episode where I talk to the incredible artist, Mr. Michael Wills, that you'll be encouraged, be inspired, know that there's still hope no matter what we face. So without further ado, let's welcome Michael Wills. So as a Canadian, you grew up, as your, your uh, website says, you grew up with a hockey stick. Yeah, pretty much, in your, yeah. In your hand. And so it was, it was one of those things where it was like every Canadian had a dream and since like birth, it was like, you know, put skates on them kind of thing. It was kind of cool that uh, my dad was kind of a, a really good hockey player um, yeah. and kind of owe a lot to his uh, talents and abilities. So he pretty much put me on skates at a young age and I... I kind of was behind on, on a lot of things with everyone and mm -hmm. um, and I just had to push myself to kind of be better and I had to grind it out. But essentially, you know, I had to push past some obstacles that way and I ended up playing like, you know, college hockey in, in the States and, and uh, playing pro. So it was nice. Yeah, cool. So is that you've, you've always wanted to be a pro hockey player then growing up ever ever since i kind of put on skates in the stick in my hand it was like i wanted to make the nhl right and every boy mm -hmm. every canadian boy has that dream of like I, I really want to and i just kind of stuck with it and kept grinding and then it was like okay you know these options are fading so it was like yep let's play some pro hockey and try to live that dream and Mm -hmm. that, uh, that life of uh, just doing like something that you love doing so I really wanted to to try and and go to my fullest to that potential and and try to make it so yeah and I, I eventually did it so I was pretty pretty happy right right and um, so to train to be a professional hockey player you probably had to sacrifice like a lot of your summers and a lot of time, money probably. 
it was crazy how you know kids would play video games and and uh like all my friends had like different hobbies and whatnot and and thing. I just had like one thing it was just like hockey that was it like eat sleep breathe it and then train yeah. all in the summers when I was a kid into my teenage years and then it was just like I'm on the ice every day kind of thing so it's like a full-time job and then right right cool and that's what eventually opened the door for you to go to SUNY Oswego right to that was your scholarship you were a hockey player and you majored in arts mm-hmm yeah so yeah I got a hockey scholarship down the states to Merrimack College um mm-hmm. for my two it was like I went there for two years and then yep. got traded to Oswego and I, I loved every second of going to Oswego it was so so fun um mm-hmm. yeah and majoring in art was a little different you know all the guys yeah. were like you know Willsey's an artist that's kind of weird um but it was kind of cool to have that diversity on the team you know there's yeah. a guys that were into music and and like different uh different like like uh like like sports medicine stuff like that so we had some diversity that way and it was it was fun cool and and then eventually after college you that's when you went to pro hockey can you tell us a little bit about that yeah so it it was essentially like well after college this is the next step and I really wanted to pursue it and I stayed uh, <clears throat> to finish up my degree at Oswego that uh, that summer. Mm-hmm. I was training, and uh, you know I was coming down to the wire. I really wanted to go to Europe. Uh, nothing was kind of happening, so I ended up playing uh, for the SP in Macon, Georgia. So I was tra- kind of training, sleeping in my car. Um, didn't have a house. It was kind of funny that mm-hmm. way, and then. Um, you know, going to the cafeteria, eating, and then, and then it's like, all right, well, time to to go to to Georgia and drive down there. So mm-hmm. it was it was a it was an awesome experience. Uh, you know, I I would I would do it all over again if I could. Um, yeah. But just to have like people to in Oswego to have your back and whatnot uh, through the whether it was hockey community, Christian community, art mm-hmm. community, like everyone was kind of on board with what you were doing and so I eventually got down to Macon played a played a season there and and then uh, played over in Europe for a little bit and then had to retire so because of concussions actually yeah because of concussions wow but you had a lot invested in that game and so it paid off and in the end you got to go pro and how was it like transitioning from having to retire from hockey and then having to go to just focusing on your arts. Was it heartbreaking? It was very heartbreaking to me to know that you put so much time and effort and unseen hours in that nobody saw and just to have it like, you know, just like that, like a snap of a finger just gone. And I had to grieve that out essentially and it took me a while because, you know, you fell into depression, you fall into, you know, suicidal thoughts, like deep emotional things. Cause you're essentially grieving, like almost like a, like a heartache, right? Like 
where you're like broken up with and that like, that was my <clears throat> like girlfriend right I, I i did it for 26 years I, almost like your wife not just your girlfriend right yeah exactly yeah. like i was married to the game and it was so hard to let that go instantly and then just to just to grieve that loss so unhealthy but it it may be stronger today mm-hmm. um yeah very painful but i ended up transitioning to painting and and got to express my emotions that way and, and painted it uh yeah. painted that out i guess of me so yeah that must have been difficult any major change right like plus it wasn't really expected no not, not really like i i ended up like playing got a concussion my last season of making Mm-hmm. thought I was going to retire and then I was like no like I'm not ready to give it up my heart's not ready my mind's not ready mm-hmm. but there was no options and mm-hmm. then split second uh Belgium calls are like we want you let's go over here like we'll fly over I ended up taking the offer I was like I got nothing to lose mm-hmm. and then as soon as I get over there politics happened they traded me to Serbia and I ended up playing in Serbia for about a month, never mm-hmm. getting paid. Got a mafia-based uh, league and, and team, and then I ended up just coming home because I, you know, the concussions were too much. Like I just I couldn't handle the pressure in my brain, uh, mm-hmm. so I, I literally had to come home, and uh, that was that was a moment of rock bottom to me. Uh, yeah very depressed that I, I felt like I, I gave up. Like I, I felt like I didn't give up, but I felt like I was letting people down, um, mm-hmm. whether it was me or, or my family. Like I just, I think I had more to give and I knew my brain couldn't. Yeah. And this was probably your sixth, seventh concussion. Yeah. That, that was my seventh concussion. And it just one compounds after another. And right. It took it took me longer to recover from this one, so I I, I should have like recovered more, maybe taken a year off of hockey and tried to get back into it. But mm-hmm. I was I was so like, no, I got to do it. I got to do it now. I'm in the shape. Yeah. I, you know, I'm in the best shape kind of thing. Like I, I need to do it. And, yeah, yeah, and I, and I understand because like concussions is very tricky like sometimes you feel like you're better but when you try to do something that you think you can do you fall and you're like wait I thought I could do this but I can't so no I understand but so of the two passions do you think hockey was your favorite growing up or because you're very good at both yeah, it, it always was like I had both talents, but then mm-hmm. hockey was so prevalent because like you had to commit yourself fully to that. And art was always on the back burner. But when hockey wasn't going well, I would choose art, you know, mm-hmm. painting and That's stuff like that. Yeah. But when art wasn't going well, you know, hockey was my release. So it worked hand in hand that way. Um, but I, it was mostly like hockey was my physical release where mm-hmm. – you know, art was my emotional release. Okay. So l- luckily, I found those two passions early and and thrived in them and try to hone those skills. But hockey was so prevalent; like there was just 
it was just every day right mm-hmm. you know you yeah. just and you knew like at a young age like if like I didn't really discuss like I I always knew I could draw and really well but I just knew in my mind like you know I gotta like this world likes to be entertained and stuff like I could be that guy and and just you know play hockey and and live the dream that way and the lifestyle and have the nice house and the car and you know the decent contract but it just never came because injuries right and it's two different worlds because like in hockey you're playing with a team you're playing with you're doing things in front of people whereas your art is the complete opposite as you said so you're doing things most of the time you're just working by yourself right and then once the work is done, then that's when it gets presented to the world. So I think it's a good balance if you're growing up. Like, yes, you have your social part and then you have your alone time. Yeah, it's, it's so different. Um, it's like opposite ends of the spectrum, right? But they're right. so, they have similar character traits where it's, it's still hand-eye coordination, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're taking in information from your brain so quickly and developing it into your hand and, and, and moving Right. So like if a puck's coming in the air, you can whack it down um, where it's like you're retaining something and you, you paint it. So they kind of work hand in hand a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But again, <laughs> hockey's way more aggressive with a team and right. people and, and chirping and stuff like that, where could be bloody, right? <laughs> so tranquil and peaceful. And then you're like, Oh, here's my thing, you know, at the end yeah. of it and months later, weeks later. Yeah. yeah. So uh, just uh, going back to the, so for concussion patients, it's very common to go through anxiety and depression, especially if your concussion is really bad. How did you deal with that? I know you mentioned you painted. What were other things that you think helped you get through to the other side of that? Yeah, I, I found uh, meditation, you know, trying to focus on like soaking music you know worship music and and it was but it was still tough like you'd have good days bad days bad weeks yeah um you know i in my worst concussion was in oswego i played um got hit in the head and my head hit the glass and i just knew like when my vision went blue green Mm -hmm. like burgundy everything was like way off yeah. And then I kept getting hit with it and kept playing. So I was awake for 27 days straight and I didn't sleep like a wink. And yeah. I was slurring my, you know, speech, crying all the time. I felt like, like a, like a high school girl, just like crying all the time and being angry, but I couldn't, I didn't know what it was and just kept getting mm-hmm. hit in my head. And then wow. my, yeah, my parents, came and got me yeah. and uh, went to a hospital and they said, you got a, like, like a massive concussion where your brain is swollen to the size of your skull and you're bleeding out and essentially you'll die in a week if you keep going. And so I had to shut it down, um, saw a lot of doctors um, and went to Dr. Jaw, like a concussion clinic in, in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And uh he essentially just like said, you know, you got to shut everything down. Like any, 
physical activity, any art, anything that stresses your brain out. Um, yeah. Reading, music screen, like computer screens, phones. So I essentially like sat in a dark room with a blindfold on for five months. And uh, it was, it was hard. It was really hard to heal um, because you couldn't contact the world. You couldn't contact your friends. They had no idea what was happening. You, right. you were just isolated in this dark room with it and just trying to like take your brain and just trying to heal it and, and, and take it down. Yeah. Use the inflammation, right? So got on a whole bunch of vitamins, antioxidants, you know, fish oils, stuff like that, huge amount of, and it, diet was massive, massive play and impact mm-hmm. in that just to go back to healing and then training again. But it was, it was such a stressful time. It was to try to find things to do when you had eight hours of, or 12 hours or how many hours in the day to just try to do something and you can't like you're just literally maybe stretching and stressing about life like the world's passing you by and some days you would heal some days you wouldn't yeah yeah i remember having to surrender to the idea okay i've tried to get up but this is not working I've tried to overcome this on my own. It's not working. All I can do right now is rest. So that's all I can do. I'm going to surrender to that and rest and heal. Yeah. How did, how did, how did it like affect you in certain ways? Cause I know depression and suicide hit me hard. So I had terrible anxiety. Um, because I think Aside from not knowing much about concussions when I had it, that first few months of feeling like I'm getting better and then I try to do something and I get a big setback became traumatic for me. So that after several times of doing that, I was like, I can't do anything anymore. And so I would be really anxious to try anything. So the anxiety was terrible. The, I had to stay in the dark like you did for months and months. Um, earplugs everywhere I went because I was so sensitive to the sound as well. So it was crazy. It was, I mean, I'm a musician. So not being, like even listening to music was difficult the first few months. So for several months, but yeah, that was nuts um and a lot of people go through it and a lot of people don't understand them a lot of people don't understand it because it's not something that science has fully understood either and it's interior it's not exterior on your body right right? you get a wound or a broken leg or cut and everyone's like oh what happened yeah but when you're in a concussion everyone's like oh yeah you're fine like yeah meanwhile like my parents had to drive me around uh, for a while. Um, I saw one of my buddies one time. I was just slurring my speech, having trying to have like a tea with him. Mm-hmm. And he was like, whoa, this is bad. Yeah. It was really bad. Uh, yeah. The times where you felt so alone in it because no one else was 
contacting you or you're doing anything you just felt so hopeless sometimes because of your isolation yeah and the thing that that does to your brain just the like isolation like even right now like with covid a lot of people are isolated and so they're saying that there's bigger increases in depression and anxiety right now we've already gone through it which is funny but like Mm -hmm. people that haven't even touched a concussion like in this isolation part and they're going AWOL like right. that's what it was and you know you with music and me with art it was like oh we got hobbies we can we're all right we we like being alone sometimes and being yeah you know that hermit a little bit but we can get through it because we've got these things or I think other people would just they cracked because they just they had to feel and they had to go through it. And like you said, be submissive to it. Right. So right, yeah. and surrender. And we've already, <laughs> we already put in that work. With... <laughs> yeah. And you don't want to go through it again. But... No, not at all. Um, so you, you were saying you worked to overcome anxiety and depression. You worked on your health, you worked on eating rights. Um, and then as far as in, in you, for your mind, you, did meditation does faith did faith play a big part in your recovery do you think yeah it was huge like I had to at the time I was still like battling and warring with God on a couple things but I knew like in end all be all like crying and praying out and like literally like trying to tell him like I'm hurting why aren't you healing me like can you heal me faster? And he, I think he allowed me to go through it yeah. in order to help others or even, you know, just, just allow me to rest and feel. And I think he wanted to work on me a little bit in my life and to get rid of some things. And I never dealt with it. Um, and those issues came later, but, um, I think he wanted me to be isolated with him and I never took really the time. Mm -hmm. I wish I did, but I was so caught up in the moment of being like the pain and the confusion and the, I don't know what's going on because I don't know what's every day is like, I could be gone kind of feel. Yeah. You're so depressed and you're so suicidal and it was almost like this anxiety would come over you and you'd be paralyzed to so depressed back to anxiety, back to depression. And then you'd be like, no, I just want to end it. Like I'm sick of feeling this way. And, you know, allowing yourself to be weak and then, you know, bending the knee and then talking with him, like faith did play a huge part, but I wish I did more in it. Like, like, doing the soaking soft music and trying to meditate with him that way and meditate on like um, words. And my parents would like, uh, would kind of read to me about some things about the Bible and, or even like daily devotions kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, there's no reason to put ourselves down because we didn't do enough, right? I think the Lord pleases and delights in the little things that even that we could do. I mean, it was hard. Like, I know how hard it is to even just read when you're going through that confusion stuff. But um, 
So do you feel like there was a breakthrough point for you? Like a very significant time where you noticed things were changing for the better? Yeah, there a huge breakthrough point when I just, I woke, I woke up a couple of days and then I was like, oh, it's kind of stopped hurting so I can go walk, like Dr. Jaw said. And then I would, if walking hurt, and then I was like, okay, no, that's fine. I can go jog a little bit. If a jog hurt, I would go back to walking, you know, mm-hmm. and I would just take baby steps to try to control it and, and, and not push myself too hard. But with right. being an athlete, you always push yourself and you end up going backwards. But, um, what I wanted to do was trying to just step by step, you know, make progress. Mm-hmm. And I was it's almost like a, like, it's weird. Cause it's almost like a, a grieving process too, of like a bad breakup of like, sometimes you just wake up one day and you feel like you're ready, like to move mm-hmm. on and to get going and to get after it. And you kind of just have to push through it a little bit. And then on the other side, you're like, Oh, this, this feels good. I can do this. But you do have to like sit and not, not wallow in it, but you were, it kind of handcuffs you until the point where you want to, right. to heal, right? Yeah. So, yeah, you're allowing yourself to feel and do all the rest part, and then I feel like you wake up one day. I don't know if you had that experience, um, but progressively, you know, you Slowly, heal. Slowly, progressively. It was very slow for me. It took over, it took nearly two years for me, so it was nuts. Um, and then even after that, I would have big setbacks of hitting my head again. And then. Yeah. I knew this, the setbacks were hard because you felt like you're doing so much progress and then you just drop and you'd be like, you felt like you went backwards. Yeah. So many times. Oh yeah. I remember thinking that I, okay, I feel good enough. I think I can drive my car (laughs) and I try to drive my car and my eyes just felt really weird. So that, I had, I just had to force to, I, th- I think I just turned around and just went back home, but for at least 24 hours or maybe a little more, my eyes stopped working as like a video camera. It was more like taking still shots. So I had to walk really slow because I couldn't see straight through it. Just, it was weird. The world was, <laughs> I was seeing the world in still shots. <laughs> Like, I don't know where you got hit, but when I got hit on, like, the the left side, you know, it, it controlled all motor skills and stuff like that, where I got, then I, like, hit, hit left to right, and I got hit on the right side really hard, and all your emotions are there, so, like, yeah, yeah. I would yeah, be this is, up this and is down, right. and over and under, and I couldn't control yeah. it, and I remember it just things not working. Like I could not make a sentence or Mm -hmm. I would be talking and then I would stop and then forget what I was saying and, and not like nothing was flowing. Yeah. I would just stop like mid sentence and go uh, 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 like, you know, so, and that was tough because having so many later, in my years 
I had to have surgery on my eyes to link them back together because I had so many. So, you know, I was seven days blind again. I was like, seven days is nothing. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That surgery killed because they, they literally had to cauterize it because I was going blind from past concussions. Really? Link them back together. So. Wow. Yeah. Now you're doing great art. (laughs) Yeah. Which is awesome. Uh, I think, I don't know if anybody's told you this, but when I look at your art, I feel like in the business terms, you've found your niche. You've got a unique way of, like, you don't fill up a canvas. And I think that makes it even more outstanding, which is, sure, sure. I I love art. I, I grew up enjoying it but um and so if if you were just talk to someone who's going through maybe the same thing a major injury right now what do you think is your best advice to them or anyone that's going through a major change be surrounded by people that love you and support you through this um Mm -hmm. because they're the ones that will get you through um because you kind of find out who your friends are (laughs) in an isolated time actually um when people say yeah they'll be there they'll be there and and they won't and Mm -hmm. and you you thought you would rely on on them and they just never showed up so you 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 find out how strong you are in a sense of going through a change yeah of isolation or concussion and through pain that way Cause you, and just allow yourself to be okay and feel in the moments. Um, I, you know, being a male and you, you wouldn't allow yourself to cry or feel, but you, you just had to go through it. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you, you punch yourself. You're like, no, no, I'm fine. Like, you know, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, but you end up doing it. So just allow yourself to feel and go through that. Like, slow process of of healing and mm-hmm. it is so daunting sometimes but it's it uh, you find out what you're made of <laughs> truly like it's right it's crazy how uncomfortable change is but my dad always said you know be comfortable by being uncomfortable you know right right so that's a good thing to say yeah yeah that's that's how like you get to the next level and change and evolve is through pain usually so so yeah it was it's uh, i would say the advice is just surround yourself with loved ones that that truly care about you and and have have your back and and then allow yourself to feel and heal that in that way so cool Thank you. Thank you for that. So if anybody would want to connect with you, you've got your website, of course, michaelwillsarts.com. And then is Instagram the best place for them to? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Instagram is one of the top uh, places to reach me, you know, Michael Wills Art. And uh, the same with my, like you said, website or, or Facebook, but mainly Instagram is where uh, people reach reach out because I'm always on there kind of yeah do you have any current projects 
or upcoming ones? I'm w hopefully work. I'm working on a couple commissions right now. I just finished uh, one, so I'll I'll show you. Uh, right here. Bring it up. So yeah, I just finished a uh, a woman here. So yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, you can see that. So yeah, I just finished that yes. and kind of allowed. I'm kind of into like figurative right now. So before I was into cityscapes, my eyes were going, and now I'm switched into to that. And then uh, who knows? Like I might go back to cityscapes, but I was like yeah. the one behind me is all good nature landscapes scene. Um, you got the cityscape over here, right? Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then I got like a ship painting. So I kind of I like to be diverse not all but you know again and you also um adjust to whatever the um commission is for yeah so if someone's like hey i want a landscape of this like you, you know okay yeah this how big well this is what i want and you're like okay i'll do it so cool. yeah and hopefully uh with you know covid subsides here soon that uh you start having like personal art exhibitions, not just online. So yeah, yeah. There's, hopefully there's a couple things in the work in the future. I can't really say right now cause it's still up in the air, but mm -hmm. hopefully something in the States. So I'm working towards that. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you and sharing your story and being vulnerable. And thank you for having me. And isn't it crazy how, you know, you and I have gone through the same things and yeah, you know, I mean, you it, more so. than I did, but yeah. Please yeah. <laughs> need this for that. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, you right. have a good evening. You too. Take care. Thanks you again. Too. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my future is alive and my conversation with Michael Wells. Remember that no matter what we face, we can always say, my future is alive. God bless.